Oh, Thursday night. Almost made it. Awesome. Can't believe it already. End of January. End of the work week. End of the week. Coming up the Spring Festival. Lunar Festival. Lunar Lunar New Year. Wow. How time flies. First year, first month of the year is already uh, pretty much done. Thursday, January 27th, 2022. I'm Steven Sereski. Thanks for joining me. I uh, hope you guys are enjoying what you're hearing, what you guys are finding. And uh, yeah, it's been quite the month. I guess a little bit slower than normal. Um, well, typical for January, but uh, a little bit uh, slower than uh, last couple months. Other than that, I mean, it's been pretty productive coming to the end of 90 days of creative output. And I'm looking towards um, the next two segments of 90 day creative outputs. Uh, because uh, as I mentioned before, uh, starting in March, I think I'm going to try the uh, March Motion. So Motion is a, a product uh, put out by Apple that's similar to Adobe After Effects. So it's a computer graphics, uh, video graphics, video sort of transitions, uh, like uh, all those little fades and things like that. These little uh, unique, um, it's things that you would see on the screen, like the, the fades in, the fades out, the, the wipes and the dissolves. Uh, that's what Apple Motion does, but it's a lot more powerful than that. And I've never really, last year during my May Your Make Your Movie month, uh, I was, uh, um, looking at, uh, like studying it a little bit more, uh, performing, going through a few of the tutorials that were available. Uh, but, um, with that, like I, even still, you kind of felt that I kind of felt that I was like, you know, only scraping the surface of this thing. And, uh, so this year I'm kind of thinking, well, what if I upped it a notch? You know, what if I, um, took things a little bit deeper, a little bit longer, bigger, stronger, whatever it is, uh, with, um, in March, and then in April, possibly going on to take on the full Adobe suite of um, applications. And then uh, all that leading into the month of May, which would be my, or the next May You Make Your Movie um, video challenge, in which every day in the month of May, I would try to make a new video. So, I mean, I've talked about this, the whole 30-day challenge, the month-long challenge, of, um, you know, taking on something that you want to do, uh, a subject that you want to study. And I was wondering today even if this might be even applicable to something like Russian, Chinese, English, I don't know, uh, language learners might be a little bit more difficult, but what if you spent one month spending an hour, two hours, three hours a day working on it. And I I know, I speak as the free man, unmarried, no children. This, uh, I mean, I can't ignore this facet of my life because I know a lot of, at, at this point in my life, I know a lot of parents. I know a lot of uh, people who have children or who have uh, people they have to care for or in any number of capacities, and that they have jobs that require them uh, require them to be there during the day, and then in the evening, it sort of suggests that they be there longer. I understand this, 
And so it is with that luxury that I sort of take on some of these challenges. But even with that, I wonder, uh, because it's not like I'm without my own full-time job responsibilities. Up until recently, this job had me on the road more times than not throughout uh, the month. Um, that being the case, like, uh, I mean, is it the pandemic that changed things, that, that sort of pushed things in my favor to do these month-long challenges? Uh, the correlation is pretty much there because I didn't do my first January until last year, 2021. That's the That was the first time that I attempted the song a day challenge and then all throughout last year 2021 doing month-long challenges of various sorts so this year 2022 is sort of a um, a sequel to that can I keep this up how long can I keep this up all that being said I think it's a good challenge I think and, and I hate to say it because I'm doing it it seems like such a good idea you should do it too but I think you should do it to find out if you can do it, if it is appropriate. I look at the um, the Python course that I did last year, uh, and I'm still kind of working my way through uh, the you know the hundred days of code, you know, programming something, learning programming, and hundred days divided by thirty is three months, three and a half months. That's your typical university semester, a typical term that you would have uh, that. Um, we ideally would give you enough time to formulate an understanding, an idea, and some sort of ability to apply what you've learned in, uh, in, in that, in that sphere, in that field of study. And so like th this is when I, when I see sort of the criticisms of the education system, I go, well, I don't think the structure is necessarily bad because the idea of giving you time to study something in a, in a restricted with deadlines imposed, it's not a bad idea at all. I mean, because uh, even after you leave university, after you leave school, uh, you know, a job, at any job, you're going to have a deadline, and that deadline is going to be up to you. I mean, yes, the boss, the manager, the company, whatever your customer will give you a deadline, but it's going to be up to you to meet that deadline. And so with these month-long challenges, these daily challenges, like the deadline is one or two hours a day, spend the time working on those skills, those creative, uh, that creative output. Um, today, it's, uh, it was, it, it, again, I'm probably one of the few people still working at the end of January. Seems like a lot of people have taken off. Uh, and it's certainly a lot of the uh, uh, Chinese folks that I've uh, spoken to, I mean, a lot of them, the office was pretty empty today. <laughs> I can't lie. Uh, but even still, like the, a few of the other Chinese folks that I know outside of the office, I mean, they're not in Beijing anymore. They're gone. They're outside of their uh, hometown. Uh, sorry, outside of the city. They're in their hometowns. They got obligations from now until like the end of uh, like next Saturday, basically. It's, it's that time uh, for... The Chinese people, particularly the uh, mainlanders of China, to uh, uh, get together and spend some time together, reflect and um, celebrate being together, have that family time. It is the the year of the tiger coming up. Hu Nian, uh, so uh, Lao Hu is uh, the tiger, and uh, I mean the bank issues coins every year since 2015. I think is the first start of those uh, like the the zodiac coinage. Um, and those 
are actually fetching quite the penny now, quite the quite the, the dollar amount uh, for the uh, the coins. And there's various different kinds of coins. Overall, the uh, the tiger, uh, what would you call it? Personage, the the tiger emblem. It's it's cute. It's dangerous. It's you know edgy, and it's worth a pretty penny. So it's 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 good if you can find something tiger year related. It's probably going to look pretty good. But all that being the case, so um, going into February, looking forward to it because I'm going to be able to finish up a, a few projects uh, that. Uh, oh well, I mean December drumming got to finish that up last little bit of that uh january uh, and for both of those i want to compile like a whole album sort of output of um uh, like so you can download it in one go sort of thing instead of going through each individual track and reporting it yesterday um there was two things i actually uh uh well there's actually one th- sorry one thing i was looking at that i forgot to sort of mention it was the automation, and this goes back to the Python and the month-long or the 90-day challenge of doing something, because I got thinking. I, it's been in my mind, I think I've mentioned this before, how do I automate myself? Yesterday, I was talking about the, uh, you know, if I were to return to teaching English, if I was going to return to the ESL, the larger classroom, what sort of... Um, tools and instruments and assets uh, content would I like to have available to my uh, my students uh, to my clients to my customers students ultimately um, they are students of the language they're learners of a language and what would I what would I not want to have to say over and over again but Today, I also sort of realized, because I'm looking at this not so much from a business point of view and not so much of, as like an ESL, ESL teacher, deers in the headlight, oh my God, I need a lesson plan for tomorrow sort of thing. I'm looking at it more from, as, an, as a language learner myself, of the Chinese language, Russian, Latin and Greek are a little bit different, but even Ukrainian. And having teaching English is different than learning a language such as Chinese and Russian. What do I wish I would have available to me that other people, other language learners might uh, benefit from? And this, I say this with the complete awareness that even I think within 10 to 15 years, we're going to see the complete replacement of the language teacher as we know it. I've mentioned before, if you're, going, if you're afraid of your job or afraid for your job, afraid of your employment, what are you doing to soften the blow right now? And this is one thing that like, I've been grappling with because yesterday I said it's not, a, it's not a matter of if, it's when my job is going to be, you know, much more automated than it is now and i don't blame i don't blame the company if anything i'd blame myself for not being ready for it so i look at this and go well, what if 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 my turn comes you know steve sorry operational needs um, actually not even sorry operational needs means that 
contract is done, and uh, let's shake hands and thank you very much for your service, your time and your service. How do I deal with that? What is my fallback option? So I got thinking about this throughout uh, the last like, day or so, but this has been puttering around in my mind. I have to say this because this is what I was working on last year, two years ago with Python. Not just the AI, the machine learning, but the ability to interact with a Python chat bot. And so with this, I started you know, deconstructing what would you need? What would you want as a, as a language learner who has paid someone to teach them a language, a teacher? What would you appreciate as sort of maybe not a free service necessarily, but an add-on, an extra service? What about a chatbot? And it doesn't have to be anything fancy, but it could be something that you could do on your own time, wherever you want, and then as a teacher, I could come in and look at this and go, okay, I see you were, I see you were chatting with my chatbot. <laughs> and it spit out this um, text that I see you're making these mistakes, so let's look at those things. So instead of, I don't want to say wasting your time, instead, instead of spending the time, like a class time, of um, you're making mistakes and I'm correcting you, and then I'm sitting through those mistakes and trying to correct all the mistakes, but let's face it, maybe there's there, there are quite a few that, and this is, this is not just, ESL teacher, this is like Chinese teacher to me going, you are making so many mistakes. How do I fix this? You know, that sort of response. I mean, how do you make it easier for both parties to not just produce the language, but then to see, receive, uh, correct and receive the feedback, the, uh, uh, the corrections that are necessary or needed to hit a certain goal, a certain language target, and you know, and actually allow the learner to grow. Now, again, 10 to 15 years, this might all be completely obsolete, obsolete because one of the things that I was looking at is like the machine learning aspect. It's in its infancy. It's it's very very early stages in terms of being able to analyze human speech with all of its dialects and accents and idiosyncrasies, it cannot, it cannot make allowances for all of it. Look at it this way. Even if you came up with a standard set of questions, take 15 questions, 10 questions, whatever. Hey, how's it going? Uh, what's your name? Uh, where are you from? Uh, what do you do? Oh, okay. So that you do. What do you? Uh, what else do you do outside of your your job or your studies? You know those basic conversational questions you would ask. Now, let's think of this. When does a response end? If you are trying to program a computer, a program like a, like a Python program, um, to replace you as a teacher in a conversational sort of you know, um, easy, easy lob, easy pitch, sort of uh, back and forth question. When do you recognize, when does the program recognize that the answer is over, when the, the response has finished? 
further, when do you program, how do you program the computer, the program, to respond to something when the person who's on the receiving end of that question goes, uh, uh, sorry, what do you mean by my work? I don't work. And they go, well, and you ask, well, like, do you have a job or do you have a career? I mean, already, so work, job, career, three different words, same, similar ideas, but not the same meanings, not entirely. How do you paraphrase that? How do you get the program to allow for that sort of, that question and answer, that, that um, reaction on the behalf of the student to what the computer is saying? So got thinking, well, you can build in some contingencies. Uh, you could also make it so that, like, you know, there's sort of structured portions, parts of uh, the, the dialogue that keep on going no matter what, right? So it's like maybe the computer only repeats things once or twice. Um, maybe it responds only to like, hmm, huh, what? And so the computer could say, oh, I heard you say, hmm, and so I'll repeat the question, something along those lines. So it gives it that gives the computer uh, a standard protocol to follow. But not only that, you make it clear to the end user the computer is only going to repeat the things twice, and then it's going to move on. And it's not a problem. And, and again, make it clear: it's, this is not a judgment of your language. It's just for simplicity's sake, so that we don't dwell on the same question, the same word, the same geographical, um, you know. Deployment of language, you know, you know, the UK says trousers or pants, United States says says uh, pants and underwear, right? I mean th that sort of difference, like oh, you mean this? Oh, ha ha ha! ha it's so funny. We mean this, uh, but we're referring to that. It's funny for about a minute and a half, but if you're actually trying to improve your language, it can be distracting. And besides, let's put it this way: at this point, things like that should sort of be dealt with already uh it's a cultural thing and maybe that can't be programmed i i, I probably another aspect i mean how do you deal with cultural sensitivities to a question or to an answer it's something that where the answer maybe isn't such a big deal because the program can keep on going but the program shouldn't or couldn't shouldn't be asking questions that would be offensive to most people. Very, and then what's what's deemed as offensive to most people. Very, very odd thing to debate about. And when you start deconstructing the English language, like how do you state things so that they are acceptable to most people? Interesting question. So, I, you know, I was thinking about this today and I was going, this is not impossible to to do and what what encouraged me yesterday was the fact that i was able to you're gonna laugh i was using my macbook and i used the, the program the automator program to develop a quick action that compresses to 1200 by 1200 pixels a picture so the picture that I put in to, like, if I select a quick action, I go do this scale to 1200, scale images, it automatically opens up another program, scales the image to 1200 by 1200, and then puts it into a certain form, uh, a certain folder, and then renames it with the ending of dash 1200 to mark 
that it is a 1200 pixel image, not the original. Very slow and slight, you know, automation in my workflow, but it's there. This automator program, and I've spoken about this before. It looks like it's a beautiful program. Looks like it's a great thing, but I'll tell you, I don't know how to use it. I'll fully confess, but it's that small success that having going, wait a minute. All I got to do, if I'm going to create a standard set of 10 to 15 questions in which I wanted my students to practice with maybe on a daily basis or on like, you know, so Monday is this set of questions. Tuesday is that set of questions. Saturday is this. Something along those lines where they would know what to expect. So it's not going to be like free form conversational in the bar after a few drinks type of uh, conversation. No, it's going to be like, oh, we're going to talk about the environment. We're going to talk about computers. We're going to talk about, well, what's it like to live as an expat? Life overseas. Things like that. Where you can conjure up some sort of general imagery in your mind and use the language to, to respond. Give a, give a response. I know I'm going on a little bit more today, but this this has occupied my mind because I'm looking at this going, this has to be possible. You know, even with with the tools we have available, this thing has to be possible to build right now. I this summer, it's it's almost to the point. Getting back to the month-long challenge. I want to do March Motion, uh, April After Effects. May you make your movie May, but this summer. I'm tempted, very tempted to sit down and for 90 days, 100 days, whatever it takes, well, no, not whatever it takes, within that three months, to build a bot, to build the Steven bot, build the Steven teacher bot. How do I automate myself as an English teacher, at least in the capacity that would get beyond the you know the day-to-day how she goes, how you doing sort of thing, where we can start class with, I see you're having trouble with this. So you as a student, I as a student, have been practicing for you know half an hour lead up to the class. And then the teacher comes in and goes, oh, look at this. You, you know, almost like a, a doctor would sort of look at your chart and be like, I say, okay, I say, the tests say this. But as a teacher, you go, okay, I see you're doing this. So how do you figure out all these these errors and things like this? Well, there's programs like Grammarly, which I know English teachers are going to say there's a difference between spoken and written English. Yes, absolutely. But here's where I would catch you. I would say if you spit it out, you transcribed all of the the uh, uh, the students' output, no matter how rough it is, even if it was accent, you know, um, sort of. It was messed up because of the accent, the, the student's accent or my accent, doesn't matter, mispronunciation, because these programs get my speech wrong. I can't accept them. I, I can't believe that they're going to get 100% correct uh, a person's accent from, who might be struggling with English pronunciation. And so with that, transcribing that, looking, being able to break that down, and if it happens after a standard question, that block on the computer program, the computer transcription is already segmented, segment, segregated from the rest of the, the speech. I go, okay, I see, I see you respond this way. 
to that question. What did you mean by this? Looking at it going, well, let's look at that. How how would you respond? I see what you're trying to say, but what like what what's what's holding you back here? This is how we would say it. This is how we would write it. That sort of effort. That sort of idea. Folks, I think I'm going to leave it there. And with all this uh, talking, I've been uh, struggling to get going on the January track today. I see uh, one of my uh, uh, buddies here in, in China is uh, producing every day. It's fantastic to see that he's able to do it. I think he's a bit more creative than I am. Um, and he's also making uh, videos as well. So uh, shout out to Ahmed, who's uh, uh, keeping up, keeping on with the January 2022 Song of Day Challenge. I think this is his first one. Uh, but great to see that he's able to do it, uh, especially that he has a, a little one running around, uh, causing all sorts of happiness for the family. Folks, show notes, tracks, and a lot more available on my website, stevensterski.com. I'm going to leave it there because I've gone on too long. I've yacked on, yammered on about this bot that I want to build. But yes, I mean, after January, after the next 90-day creative spell, spiel, spell, whatever, into the summer. I think this is something I'm going to look at. How do I automate the basics of teaching English? It's got to be possible. It has to be. If it's not, then... If it's not, then wh like wh how, why? What? How? How would I ever expect myself to exceed, to excel in my own language studies if the simplicities can't be automated, can't be done on my own time, right? Folks, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Um, especially with this episode. If you guys uh, and girls know anybody who would be interested listening to this, share it to them. I love to hear the feedback. I really would. Uh, I know sometimes I live in my own head. Uh, I've re received criticisms that I don't really think uh, too much outside of my own little sphere sometimes. But please, send it over to people. Send them a link. Um, share it on Twitter if you can. Send me feedback. Love to know. What you guys think about this, stevensersky.com. Hit me up on the contact page or on Twitter, the Steven Sersky. Folks, I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again. Bye-bye.